Hallelujah. Now, this morning, Apostle, thank you very much for welcoming me and welcoming us to your beautiful cathedral. We are so blessed to be here in Botswana and to be welcomed by a great man of God. Amen. And I also thank the Board of Trustees for your warm welcome of us. You know, if you don't welcome us, we cannot come here. Because this is your land. You are the gatekeepers. So, that's a principle everywhere. And we thank the Lord for the fathers. This church is here because God has raised up a great person to bless and minister for many years. Amen. Now, this morning, I want to share a bit about loyalty and disloyalty. So... (laughs) Loyalty is important for many reasons. Amen. And um, many people don't understand why, what loyalty is really all about. Loyalty is really a fight to keep yourself alive and defend yourself in the ministry. Um, why is loyalty important? Because it is a principal qualification for a minister. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one and two. The Bible tells us that it is required in stewards. That a man be found faithful. Amen. It is a requirement. So, it is, it is not a requirement to be, when you want to be a doctor, to be, to be faithful. If you want to be a doctor, it's not, it's not a requirement. You don't need loyalty. To, be a, to become a doctor or a lawyer. Or even um, a politician. Because of politicians, they are not faithful. A lot of them are not faithful to themselves. They are not even faithful to their own parties. You find and, and, and you see that they are not faithful. They are not faithful to the, gov- to the nation. You know. Faithfulness. Loyalty means to be the same. It means to be constant. It means to be just as you, you said you were. And you just remain the same. The, I, I think the best word that I like, the best synonym for the word loyalty that I like among all the synonyms is the word the same. It's the same. Because Jesus is the same yesterday. If he says he loves you, he's the same. If he says he loves you yesterday, he loves you today, he loves you all the time. He loves you when he's with you, he loves you when he's not with you. He loves you to you, and he loves you when he's with others. So, the same. 
is a word for loyal. But people that are disloyal will say to you, I love you. And then they'll say to somebody else, oh, sorry. Please. They'll say to somebody else, don't mind him. He's a fool. But they'll say to you, ah, you are the only one. You are the best. You are what I need. So, the same, the word same. Everybody say same. Same. Yeah, it's it's an important word in uh, the teaching on loyalty. Jesus Christ is the same. He's the same. He said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loves us. And he still loves us. He died for the whole world last 2,000 years ago and he still died for the world today. That's why I'm here preaching. So, being the same is important. Many pastors started out saying that we want to reach the world for Jesus. We want to spread the love of Jesus. But with time, we are not the same. We are more of something else. Not really trying to spread the love of Jesus. Maybe trying to establish ourselves Maybe trying to do something, be great, be famous, go to America. Do you know America? (laughs) Trying to go to America, trying to go to Russia, trying to go to somewhere. I don't know where you want to go, you know. But because if, if, if 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 we were really trying to follow Jesus, we'd have been going long time ago, he said, You'll be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. Everybody's ministry has four phases. Your ministry has four phases. That's if you even get into the first phase. It has four. First phase is Jerusalem. Uh, Judea is the second phase. Third phase is Samaria. And the outermost parts of the earth is the fourth phase of your ministry. I don't know which phase of the ministry you are in. Jesus' ministry had four phases. First phase was Bethlehem. Second phase was Nazareth. Bethlehem is where he was born. Second phase is Nazareth, where he grew up. Third phase was Galilee, where he did his miracles. And fourth phase was Jerusalem, where he died. If you go to Israel, you see that all these places are different. They all sound religious, but they are different places. Jesus started his ministry by being born in Bethlehem. He continued his ministry by being silent and preparing in Nazareth. A few weeks ago or months ago, I was in Israel and I, I lived in Nazareth. I mean, we, we spent the night in Nazareth, which, which is unusual. Because there were no hotels in um, Jerusalem, everything was full. So we actually stayed the night in Nazareth. So I, I went in the night. I went to look for some food in the middle of the night in Nazareth. It's a diff, completely different from his, uh, Jerusalem. And very far from Bethlehem. Then Jesus went to Galilee. The Sea of Galilee. And the towns around the Sea of Galilee. That's where he did his great miracles. Next time you go to Israel, ask the guide to show you where is Chorazin. Bethsaida, 
Capernaum, and these were the places where Jesus did his miracles. And he preached, and all, a lot of the things we hear, the Sermon on the Mount and all this, were all in that area. But when he finished that, it was now time to go to the fourth phase of his ministry, which is to die for the world. Do you see? Which is a big one. So for that, he had to go where all the senior pastors were. They were the people that would kill him. So he moved to Jerusalem where all the Pharisees and the senior pastors were staying. <laughs> Jesus was killed by pastors. Arm robbers were sleeping. Thieves and gangsters were in their beds. All drunkards were snoring. Pastors were rose up to kill God. Yeah. So your ministry, and I'm saying this prophetically to some of you here, that you need to move on to the next phase of your ministry. You need to enter the next phase of your ministry. Jerusalem is a phase, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. There are, there are many ways to look at that. If you look at the ministry in terms of the early rain and the latter rain, you see that the early rain comes for the planting. And then after that, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a space. And that space is the long time of preparing where the thing is growing. And then comes the latter rain which is the third phase of your ministry. And in the latter rain, it brings the, the fruit. It ripens the fruit. And then after that is the harvest. So you see that the rains, two rains, divide the year into four parts. And that shows you the four parts of your ministry. When Kenneth Hagen, some of you know Kenneth Hagen, he had a vision and Jesus appeared to him. And Jesus told him that, his ministry and the ministry of others has four phases. And that he, he, he was, for 12 years, he was a pastor in a church and that he had not entered the first phase of his ministry because he was never in the will of God to be the pastor of that church. Yes. And then he appeared to him again and told him, that I think he told him either October or February that he had entered the third phase or the fourth phase of his ministry. And then he was now going to... And some of the phases are short. Some are long. The the, the, the latter rain is short. The, The season after the rain is long. So I don't know where you are in your ministry. But if you don't move into the next phase of your ministry... You know, you have yourself to blame. So, back to the topic of loyalty. Loyalty is a principal requirement, and I was saying that the ministry, the word loyalty is the word the same. Now, the next um, thing, reason why loyalty is important is because. Uh, it is the devil fights the church through the fifth column. Now, again, in this book, The Good General and the Art of Leadership, you see that ministry is 
about fighting. You are always fighting. That's if you are in ministry. If you are on retirement, you will not be fighting. But once you are in ministry, you know, you'll be fighting something. All right? And, 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 and it's not only the devil you'll be fighting. The first verse in this book is Job 7 verse 1. I actually don't really know which version it is, but it says, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. The life of man upon the earth is a warfare. All right? It's one, one version of Job 7 verse 1. Your life on this earth is a warfare. And it's always a fight for something. Amen. Now, you are fighting for the church. John, John Wesley said, anybody who plants or builds the church and does not rise up to defend the church, okay, it's like a man who plants a garden and does not build a fence around it to protect it from wild boars. Do you know what a boar is? B-O-A-R. It's like a wild pig or wild animal. And, and truly, these are, these are the words of John Wesley. And if you, if you care to read, and I, I would encourage you to read the life story of John Wesley, especially, you know, some of the biographies. A number of people have written about John Wesley, but it's one of the interesting people to read about. You know? Are you interested in the things I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you can get... Uh, uh, any of the biographies of John Wesley is a very interesting story to read. All what he did and what he, um, his marriage, how he, how, he, how he got married, his brother, his relationship with his brother, you know, Charles Wesley, and how they established the church. Now, one of the interesting things is the number of people that he had conflicts with who were trying to spoil the Methodist fellowships that he was starting. You know, and the, the different biographies, biographies have the names of the people. You know, this one will do this, this one will separate himself, try to start a separate thing, you know, rebel against John Wesley, say negative things about John Wesley, and many things that he fought, he fought the people. And he had, I mean, a lot of terrible Issues with different people, all in the in the effort to to build the church, you know. And he has left behind a great fruit. There, there are few people who have established churches that are worldwide, like the Methodist Church. I often tell Methodists that if you were to follow your founder, you will not be the way you are. You know, if you just follow the person. Who started the church and your original leader and his principles? John Wesley had crusades, open air crusades, with people screaming, falling, shouting. His, his, meetings, his meetings were like mad, mad meetings. Yes, if you care to read, that's why I'm telling you to go and read. Are you interested in such things? Yeah. It's amazing what people have been through. And what people have done, you know, for the Lord. 
So John Wesley said, you build the church, you have to defend it. You have to defend it against wild animals. So everybody here, you are either a wild animal or somebody who must defend against wild animals. (laughs) Because some of you are the wild animals themselves. (laughs) Are you there? Yeah. So remember the church is something that must be defended. Now, the story which we all know is the story of a a man with a fifth column. And this man had uh, five battalions that he was uh, fielding, four battalions that he was fielding uh, surrounding the city. If you are interested in this story, you can watch the film Troy. I think it's called Troy also. And uh, what happened was that he was saying that they, they were going to invade the city. Now, in the olden days, the biggest defense, right, which is now outmoded, was, was the, the biggest defense was walls. Walls. You build a wall and you are safe. So the higher, the bigger. You get it? The thicker. Uh, nobody can enter. So, when you've got a city, you rarely invest in the walls. And that's why China built this long wall. Now, these walls, the, wall, the walls are like houses. You know, because a wall, you can just go through. I mean, if you have a strong person, you can give a couple of blows and you'll be through the wall. So, the walls of Constantinople, Constantinople, which is current um, Istanbul, they defended the city of Constantinople for 1,000 years. In my book here, The Good General, you find that story uh, of that war because it is in how to overcome stalemates. Do you know what a stalemate is? A stalemate is where you, you can either go forward this way or this way. It's, everything is stuck. And Constantinople was like that. But over 1,000 years, nobody could penetrate. You know, but somebody came once and then was able to, to, to break through after 1,000 years of the, the wall defending the city. So walls, walls were the main way of defending a city. All right? And so this man had built a wall around the city and there was this invader. So they were asking, how are you going to get, break through these walls? And the man said, I'm, I'm, I have a fifth column, which means a fifth battalion. And he said, where is the fifth battalion? He said, oh, they are inside the city. You know, I have people inside. And these people are going to open the gates for me and cause confusion, light fires, make a bomb, do something. And there will be confusion inside, not outside. And through the confusion inside, somebody will open the gate and we'll be able to enter. Well, once we can enter, we, are, we, are, we can finish them. So, um, the enemy cannot easily defeat the church from outside. So, he has planted fifth columns in churches and in all places where God is working, there's, there are always people that are plantings of the enemy. And that planting is 
the way to get to you and the way to fight you. Do you see? So, you know, when Jesus was going to the cross, when, when Jesus was about to die, actually, when he was on the cross, you see the fifth column was fully manifesting. When Jesus was hanging like this, this is the pinnacle of his ministry. His ministry, may, you may have thought that was failing because his main team, you know, are you there? His main guys, hmm? one of them, when, when he has a meeting, the guy goes to, after the meeting, to go and tell these other people, the Pharisees, who didn't like him. Do you see? Where he is. And what he's saying. Yes. Then, the other person that he has appointed as a leader, like as his main leader, was also having a big mouth. You get it? But had no substance of loyalty. So, he he went to the cross with only 10 standing disciples. And even on the cross, the others who hadn't been questioned as to whether they know Jesus or not, they decided to just go home early. Watch out for those who go home early. Yes. <laughs> yes. We can't stay. We have to go. It's too long. Watch out. Pastor has not gone home, but you are, you are going home. Jesus was on the cross dying for the world. I mean, Thomas, Matthew, all these guys who have written all these nice gospels. They, they all went to their house and said, look, you know, we are tired. It's been a long... Last night, we went for an all-night. I mean, t- t- Thursday, we were dinner. We went here. We took us there, you know. All that. So, we are going home. <laughs> yes. They all went home. It was only John. John was the, John was the first lover. He was a young person. John is the only one who stayed. He's the only one who stayed. Yes. <laughs> and then the women, the faithful women, they're the ones who stayed. Yeah. So, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and so on. They are the ones who stayed. Yeah. But the rest, so Jesus was on the cross. You, you would think that he failed. Because, I mean, he had serious crisis in the leadership, the inside. You know, and that's how many ministries are. The serious crisis inside the innermost part of the ministry. Are you with me? Yes. So, a, a, a pastor, you must uh, you must know that Satan will fight you 
and this is how he will fight you. Don't be looking too far. You know, people are thinking of something from far away. The the danger is just here. (laughs) It's, it's, it's It's like the people you need are just here with you. You know, one day my mother asked me, where do you get all these people from? Like, people who work in the ministry. How do you know them? You know? I said, there are people that are just around me. Yeah. Someone was asking, well, so why do you get the people who do this? Who know how to do this? I said, there, there are the people that are around me. Every important person in my life is from somebody just around. Yes. So who is this? I said, that, that's how the person comes to be there. And you train the person. So, just as the people you really need are around you, the people who are the most dangerous are those also just around you. (laughs) Now, some of you are thinking of a spirit. No, let me tell you something. After devils, eh? after devils in terms of evil, the next group that are very evil after devils are human beings. <laughs> yes. If you are looking for the next group that are full of wickedness, number one is d- demons, Satan and demons. Second group are human beings. So, in, in ministry, you need to know how to fight the fifth column. And yesterday, I was explaining that ministry is a fight in four dimensions. First is your personal having victory, personally. And then number two is the family. And, and the worst, the worst um, disloyal person you can have is your family or let's say in the ministry your wife is the worst because it's a rebel you cannot sack yes that's the worst type (laughs) because the other rebellious people you can say I dismiss you go but your wife you cannot dismiss her you have to accommodate Yes. So many people have a whole lot of problems. A whole lot of problems from the disloyal wife who will say, I'm the only one who can say this. Shut up. I'm the only one who can say this. I'm the one who, this and that. And they feel that they can speak. You have to watch out for that. And many pastors are overturned by the wife. Yes. Let me make those comments. Me, I'm not afraid of those, that topic. You know? Let me, let me say something. Let's take a ministry like Benihin. One day I watched a video. I didn't know actually what the video was about. But it was, I will not tell you that, I will not tell you the name of the video, but I have it. I have it. it. And the video was for five hours. It was about Benny Hinn. 
Not Benny Hinn's ministry. And I watched it. I, I sat in a chair for five hours and I watched it. Yeah. Now, what struck me, the, the whole video was criticizing him. Everything was to criticize him. How he's takes money for this, how he's a bad person, how some of his workers were involved in this, how he has done that. I was watching. Bad things completely for five hours. Five hours, you can imagine one person had five hours of bad things. <laughs> do you know what do you know what I learned from it? After five hours, his ministry was now higher and greater than that. No, no, listen. No, no, listen to the preaching. I've not finished what I'm saying. <laughs> After five hours of criticizing him, I mean, at the end and during that era, none of the things were able to dent his ministry. Yes, nothing. His ministry was even greater. It was, and the video ended before that. It was only when the wife's issue came in that all his support vanished. Yes. But for what the people said about him with videos, criticism, interviews, he had even a man who came and said he's the most accredited something reporter of whatever. And the man came during this video to say that he's coming to make a, it's a Christian, he's coming to make a ministry, a, a, a wonderful video of Benny Hinn. So the man came with his team and the man came on the stage and Benny Hinn met him and said and he said, and Benny Hinn said, I want to pray for you. And the man said, this is all that I wanted. That you pray for me. So Benihin touched it. When he touched another, ah, the man was slain. Then all his people too, they were all slain. They were all lined up. And he was, glory, glory. That man, eh, it was dead. When you talk about those who pretend, I have a book here. Those who pretend. The, the, the thing that, the, 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 the documentary that the man made, But it couldn't affect him. Nothing affected It was when the wife woke up and said, I'm leaving. <laughs> and he also woke up in the morning and said, I'm leaving. That is when his trouble became. Yeah. All his supporters left. His finance, everything, everything, everything. You see today, does he not have crusade? No crusade. No crusade. But him, the great healing evangelist that we know. There's no crusade. You see him going to small, small churches. One of my pastors met him on a plane and took a selfie. I said, ah, what is happening? <laughs> so you, when I talk about this, I say that then what can affect you is this one. Yes. It's higher than uh, pastors who are disloyal. Marriage that is some way is more than yes. 
I can tell you more stories. Pastors who are in prison today. Yes. I saw, I saw a pastor frying um, chips. Do you know chips? <laughs> fries. He was frying French fries. He was selling French fries. He was a pastor of a huge church. Now he, te- he tells French fries. And the story of how he came there is from the wife. Yes. 100%. Yes. I can tell you another one who is in prison. Yes. Straight from that. So you have to be careful. So when we talk about all these, especially Jezebel, you see, the Bible says there was no one that did evil whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Jezebel and Natalia. These two girls. <laughs> Atalia is the daughter of Jezebel. Do you, you know that? She's Jezebel's daughter. Yeah. So all pastors' wives who are here, take notes. You think I don't know you? Number three. You need loyalty. Loyalty is important because, uh, by the way, I wrote a book here called The Beauty, The Beast, and The Pastor. You might as well say loyalty for pastor's wives. This one. It's in your, it's in your box. Now, for the love of God to fill the church, Without love, you cannot build a church. The whole ministry is based on love. Now, you need to have love to build a large ministry. You see, loyalty is actually another English word for love. That's what people don't realize. I love you means I'm faithful to you. It means I understand you. It means I like you. It means I am with you. That is, that is, that is loyalty. Yes. So it's actually a, it's like a subset of love. And there must be a lot of love if you are ever going to do the work of God. So loyalty, the fight for loyalty is the fight for love. That's why loyalty doesn't work by just preaching it. You, the senior pastor, must have love for the people. And without having a certain love for those who you are with and those who are working with you and for you for years, you cannot generate love in response. Do you see? And love, a large part of loving is being loyal. I love you, so I'll be loyal to you. I'll be faithful to you. To the end, no matter what, because I love you, I'll wait for you to come back. Do you see? I'll be there. I'll be there. Do you see? So many many leaders are not good at. They don't even love the people that are following them. They are just big over them. African leaders are like chiefs. Big manism is the main thing to be a big person over people to have the biggest car 
the biggest house and to be separate from the people. Far different from everyone. That's how African leaders are. But that type of leadership generates a lot of disloyalty. Because when you are separate, that is when they talk about you. When you are separate from them, that's when they talk, they talk about you. Yes. When you are separate from the people you are leading, that is when they discuss you. And they say, is he coming? Is he there? And they call you he. That, that's when they call you he or him. When somebody calls you he or him, it's detached from you. Is he there? Is he coming? Where is he? He's there. Him. Then there's a separation. And he's talking. Uh-huh. Are you still here or you are leaving? I, I don't know whether you are still going to stay on. Hmm. So, don't be an African chief leader who is so detached. Are you a president or a pastor? Yeah, you see, a president has to be detached. But that's why a lot of people are disloyal to the president. Because he's, he's separated from the people. Yes. And even within their own party, they are disloyal. Yes. There are those who are looking at his position longingly. And hoping for the opportunity to become the president. It's quite funny. I thank God I'm not a, a politician. It's quite a difficult job. Yeah. You see, all the hungry faces looking at you with evil intentions. <laughs> all right? So we need the love of God to fill the church. And Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Love, loyalty is necessary because the ministry is based on love. Look at John. Let's look at John chapter 13 quickly. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, this is a summary of Jesus' ministry up to the end of his ministry. He says, having loved his own, which were in the world, and he loved them unto the end. So you see that Jesus' ministry was based on love. Are, are you watching? Let's look at the verse again. Let's look at it on the screen. Maybe we all see. Said, now before the peace of the Father, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world, which is the end. That's the end. It's like, this is, this is the summary. Okay. Now, he, he knew that he has to be part of the world. Ha, all right, what, did he, what has he done? He says, having loved his own, which were in the world. This is what he did. He loved people. You know, not, 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 not the whole world. The loving of the whole world is coming up at the cross. But he loved his own. Like, these are his assistants. These are his friends. These are his pastors. These are his family. He's having loved his own which were in the world, and he loved them to, to the end. You see? Now, when, when they were uh, at the table, going to um, the day before the cross, 
You see, Jesus had said things which made people feel that somebody amongst them was not loyal. So they, they asked, which one is, is the one? Then, then Jesus said, the one whom I give the sop to. Now, the sop is, uh, you, you put the bread into the tea or the drink. That's the sop. It's a morsel. So he put the bread into the tea or whatever they were drinking. And then he fed some. You see, even couples, when a couple, you say, oh, let me feed you. Let's eat from the same spoon. You see, this is when the lab is at the highest. I mean, like it has, the lab has gone to, to, to the skies. Most of the older wives are not feeding their husbands with the. <laughs> How many husbands would like your, your, to be fed nicely with a spoon? Yeah, a lot of husbands would like it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm no more getting such nice things. <laughs> now, this is, this is like a higher, higher, higher love and in closeness and intimacy. Yes. Uh, most, most wives, if you see a, another lady feeding your husband, ah, 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 you say, ah, who is this feeding my husband? I don't want anybody to feed my husband. Now, Jesus was so close and personal that he took the thing and fed. He said to Judas, ah, <laughs> and Judas also said, ah. Yes. Wow. Judas. Ah, ah. It's like he loved his own. To the end. Yes. It's, it, it's about love. Loyalty is love. The summary of Jesus' ministry is he loved his people. And he loved especially the close people. He loved them extremely and personally and intimately. Yes. That's what, and that love goes down, 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 down. I like to, to subsets and subsets of that kind of love. Till he was on the cross and he loved the whole world with his life. Yeah. So, ministry, loyalty is actually love. Yes. That's what it is. And that's why you see the summary of Jesus' ministry in John chapter 13, verse 1. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them to the end. Alright? Now, love doesn't prevent disloyalty. <laughs> love, love Some people are unlovable. It's true. Some people cannot receive love. So love usually generates a response. That's why there are many people who love Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. But it doesn't prevent 
a certain level of disloyalty. That, that is what shocks leaders. That after being laughed so much, is that what you are saying? Is that how you talk? After you have been shown such affection. So look at John 13 verse 1 again. Put it back please. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. But look at verse 2 now. Verse 2, next verse. And supper being ended, after Jesus has put into Judah's mouth, ah, look at it, ah, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Yeah. After. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm just trying to show you that love doesn't prevent disloyalty. And that is what is the shocking part of disloyalty, that you can be loved and you will return the love. Some people, not all, one out of 12. One out of 12. It's not, it's not common, but it exists. Yes. Many respond well to love. But there are these type of people that exist. Yes. And you, you pray in your, your meetings not to meet them. But if you are going to follow Jesus, eh, if, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, a servant is not greater than his master. And I am sorry to say that you, you will meet such people. Yes. It's a sad reality. But no one is greater. So you, you need to survive it. You need to survive. Amen. Are you still there? Yeah. So loyalty is very, very important. And that is why this book is um, being written. And then number four, to have a large and successful team of ministers, you need loyalty. All right? One man can only do so much. To have a mega church, you need um, loyalty. Amen. Now, I have a church in Lesotho, church in South Africa, church in Swaziland, church in Namibia, church in Ethiopia, church in Kenya, church in Uganda, church in Mozambique, all all these places, churches. How can we stay as a family? Do you see loyalty? Yeah. So if you are to have a large ministry, honestly, largeness depends on loyalty. Yeah. You can't expand beyond your loyalty. Your loyalty is the limit to your expansion. That's why some people have only one church. Because that's what you can control. Where you are, you can control it. Because you come there yourself on Sunday. 
then you are there. You preach, you look at the people. The people look at you. <laughs> you come back next week Sunday. You are there. You don't leave it for anybody. You know, there are some people, assistants, if you travel and you leave the church, when they come, they make funny comments. They will say something, you know. Uh, hallelujah. Thank God for today. <laughs> today is a good day. Uh, because Jesus said, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. You know, so, thank God that uh, uh, you yourself should know who is the comforter. <laughs> and the person, <laughs> the person who is there, you get it, is making insinuations and comments and maybe you normally on Sunday you just preach powerfully but when he comes and he finishes preaching he will just suddenly remove his white handkerchief I feel power hey. and he will start ministering and doing so many things to outshine the master Yes. And he will not make any good comment about the pastor. As he comes, you don't even say he's traveled. He just he just goes on. Thank God. The comforter will not come unless I go away. You know what it means. And then he starts preaching. One day I met an assistant pastor. And I asked him, Where is your senior pastor? He says, I, he said, I don't know. Then he said, it's trouble. I don't know, it's trouble. Yeah. But he said, oh, but the church is, the church is, okay. He said, when he travels, there is joy. No, he was talking to me, a big church, a huge church, the assistant pastor. He said, when he travels, there is joy. He, 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 he waved his hand this way, he said, there is joy. <laughs> he said, there is joy, there is liberty. But when he comes back, people are annoyed. I couldn't believe my ears. Yes. This assistant. Yeah. Then he was talking about his assistant pastor. And I said, so, I mean, how, how is he said, oh, you know, there are so many things we don't want to talk about. What do you mean by that? Oh, he doesn't read the Bible. I said, what? He said, he doesn't read the Bible. He's reading other books. Books like what? He said, oh, the other time he gave me a book, Attila the Han. Attila the Han. Have you heard of Attila? He said, and I told him, I will not read that book. He gave me a book, Attila the Han. I said, I will not read that book. (laughs) Hey, I was was, was stunned. He was talking about his, his senior pastor. Yes. You see, and that's why some people don't travel. Yes. Yes. They stay in one place because the day you leave your church to some assistant, the comments and the things he makes, his heart is not with you. And because his heart is not with you, 
he will say certain things or not say certain things or comment on certain or cast, say sarcastic things because he is not with you. So that's why people don't travel. So I'll stay myself. Yes. Hey! You know, recently I, I traveled to a country whose name begins with S. You know many countries. Now, this country has in that in that city there are there are about three not many churches, but there were about three huge churches with about twenty thousand people in a church. So, some of my disciples visited that church. When they got to the church, there's a pastor who they see on television. Huge church, like 30,000 people. When they got to the church, the church was full. Full. All the members were there. So, my disciples were sitting there waiting for, I mean, they were with praise, worship, waiting for the pastor to come. Because you know, he's a famous person. They have been watching him. Suddenly, a video. A video. When it was time for preaching, they brought a video of the pastor preaching about four years ago. Yes. And they showed him. Nobody preaches. They watch a video. Yes. Which assistant pastor should come and speak? No, 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 no. They are watching video. They don't give the puppet to anybody to preach the video. You watch video. Everybody watch video and go. They took the watch the video after they took offering. And they went. Yes. Assistant, you must be joking. <laughs> There are, there are a lot of churches they, 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 you, your expansion so the idea of expanding is, is impossible yes because if they leave the pulpit or even the church after the church they have meetings one day I was in a, a city whose name begins with L <laughs> and there was a, a, a church a pastor and uh, the pastor, I was encouraging the pastor to start branches. He said, me, I should start branches. I will never start any branch. I finished with starting branches and planting churches. I said, why? He said, because we were on this side of the city. We had a huge church. A lot of families. And then we were looking for a property. In that city whose name begins with an L, it's difficult to get properties. So we got a property on the other side. And I decided to move there. And I said, my assistant has been with me for 18 years, 20 years, whatever years. So I decided, let me leave these people here with him. Go to the other side. Start a new one. So that we now have two churches. The same church. He said, when I started the new church. With a new building. I don't know what happened. 
the guy started to talk to the people. You know our man. Then that's when they start calling you he. He is whatever. Him. He. Our, or they call you our man. You know our man. <laughs> the old man. And they started speaking about him. In the end, he won the hearts. The, the man told me, he, whilst under their very noses, he got another place and moved, just kept saying, one day I've resigned. And he moved the whole church. He said, look, the, when, when he was speaking, you see the pain, he said, look, these are families. We have known them for years. We have been together for years. He took everybody. Yes. And started a new church. He said, I should start a new church. When I told him, he almost slapped me. He said, I should start a church. I should plant churches. Never. So loyalty is important to be able to keep on starting churches. Yes. Otherwise, you, you, you just, what, what are you wasting your time? Just buy another big car for yourself. Get a helicopter. Get something. Yes. There are many things I could do with money if I didn't want to start churches. Yes. To build a church is very expensive. So, brothers and sisters, loyalty is important if we are to have a big family. And many of us churches, we could have had a network of churches. Network of churches, which are the same family of churches. But because of this loyalty, we don't have it. So, loyalty is important. So, loyalty is not something that comes naturally to people. In fact, this loyalty is what is natural. If you don't teach on loyalty, everybody will be disloyal. And they won't know what they are doing. Yes. Look, you are naturally disloyal because of the devil. The devil is disloyal. He is the master of disloyalty. He is the separatist. So Satan separates himself and stirs up people. You can be on your own. You don't have to belong to this thing, eh? You don't have to follow this man, eh? Why do you follow this person? Why do you follow this lady? Why are you part of this? Come on, man. Separate yourself. Be a man. (laughs) Be your own man. Why should you koto? Koto means to kneel. Why should you koto? Be a man and be your own man. It's, it's, it's a constant stirring up of the enemy. Yes. And as you do that, because it's to be what the devil is, he separated himself from the other angels and separated himself the, from the family of God and became the enemy of God. So, if you don't teach, one day I was teaching on this loyalty, loyalty and disloyalty, and a pastor told me, he, he held his Bible. He said, what is this? You don't need to teach all these things. He said, loyalty is something that you, you generate around you by your lifestyle. It's not something you have to say. But then, I tell you, he experienced one of these people. And when he experienced it, he couldn't believe it. Yes. In fact, one day, 
a young man came to his church and wanted to marry a lady in his church. And he approached him and he spoke to him. And then he confidentially told someone that he is a bit wary of this young man who has come because he is not sure whether he's linked to some armed robbery. That it was just something that he was thinking. The person he was with, you know, it is something when you talk to someone, the person goes to say, as you are speaking, he's a broadcaster. He might as well start a BBC broadcasting corporation. His assistant, now this young man actually came and joined the church because he wanted to marry the lady and he was there. The assistant went to tell him, I need, I need to see you. And he told him that, do you know? And, and what happened was that armed robbers came to the pastor's house. Do you have armed robbers here? You know what an armed robber is? What do you call it here? Gangsters or what? Robbers. Yes, armed robbers. Yeah. Armed robbers came to the pastor's house. So now the pastor said, he's wondering because these armed robbers came to his house. So the assistant pastor called this young man who was now a new member and told him, pastor thinks that the armed robbers who came to your house, you are part of it. He feels that you are, you are, you are, you are involved with those. The guy said, what? Yeah. It was a big thing. You know, you see, there are people, you speak to them, the next time you're speaking to another, it's something fantastic. And that person, it was a big thing in the church. And anyway, by the time his main assistant also, the whole thing developed and his main assistant left. This pastor now took my book, which he said we don't need to teach. And started reading it. And then, he said, this is the best book. We need it. Yes. Yes. And he told me, I will be a salesman for you for this book. And he told me one time, he said, anytime I travel, I have five of this book in my bag. Yes. And he told me, he said, I am wilder than you. One day he said, I ha- your preaching, I came to church on Sunday and I said, I'm not preaching. He put a tape. He pressed the tape. Play. Instead of preaching, he pressed the teaching on loyalty. <laughs> audio. An audio preaching. Not video. This was not video. People are doing it. This is audio. <laughs> he played the audio church. The audio preaching in the church. On Sunday. Yeah. And I tell you, there were people in the church who were not smiling. One of the symptoms of Disloyalties, people who don't smile when they should be smiling. You get it? <laughs> it is in this book. You can read it. It's not because of you I wrote the book. It is here already. I wrote this book in 1998, eh? 21 years ago. Yeah. People who don't say amen. People who don't smile. People who are not happy when they should be happy. So he, when he read that, he looked at there was a lady sitting in front. She was not smart. He told her, get up, go to the back. <laughs> to the back. <laughs> to the back. 
Alright. Now, let's look at those who pretend. I have a book. Yeah. Those who pretend. Now, a pretender is an actor. Now, instead of telling a lie, the person acts the lie. (laughs) Yes. Instead of telling a lie, the person acts the lie. Now, if you ever meet some of the actors, the actors, Hollywood actors, you'll be surprised. You may not even be able to receive the films because you see somebody who cannot fight and he's a fighter who kills eight people (laughs) in a film. Are you with me? Yes. You know, I was blessed once to be in uh, California and the church I was preaching, many, many of the Hollywood stars were in that church. When you see them, you say, ah, is it possible? So one day I was watching a film and I saw one of these guys, Hollywood guy, he, he, was, he just does something. And four people, I said, ah, this man doesn't even know how to fight. So an actor... A pretender is an actor and instead of saying to you a lie, the person acts out the lie. So it means that the deception has enveloped the person. It has entered into the person's psyche and the person has grown into acting out the deception. It's a higher level than even just telling a lie, a simple lie. A pretender has a false and a fake personality. This book is better to read it than to preach it, but I feel like just saying a few of the words. So a pretender carries the spirit of hypocrisy. Yes. And hypocrisy is from the word actor, Hippocrates. A pretender carries the spirit of espionage. The modern day secret service. And a pretender carries the spirit of lies and deception. A pretender carries the spirit of impending destruction. If a pretender is near you, you are in grave danger. And a pretender carries the spirit of a murderer because almost all pretenders are destroyers and murderers. I'm reading out the book to you. Top pretenders of the Bible. Top pretenders. Number one, Delilah. Delilah was a pretender. Delilah pretended to love Samson. She comforted him. She relaxed him and made him lie on her knees. In the end, it was revealed that she was a liar, a deceiver, and a murderer. All right? You know the story, isn't it? Number two, may you never be a Delilah to anybody. And may all Delilahs in your life and ministry be uncovered and exposed. Judas was a pretender. 
He's the second pretender. I'm giving you seven. Judas pretended to be a faithful disciple of Jesus. In the end, it was revealed that he was a traitor, a deceiver, and a murderer. And again, Judas was lying, but he acted very well. I mean, so well that giving him the... Judas, ah... Ah, my Lord, I love you so much. It was a natural thing. Amazing, isn't it? Is it not amazing? But not everybody is able to act their lies. Yes. You see, many of you are not good actors. There are some people that whatever it is you feel, everybody knows, you blurt it out. So you are not a good actor. So you, you can't easily play this role. Yes, you can only tell lies, but you can't act lies. But Judas, when the deception gets into you, you can also act it. Yeah. Absalom was a pretender. Absalom pretended to love his brother when he invited him for a party. In the end, it was revealed that the party was a hoax. His so-called party was just a ploy to kill his brother Amnon. He called his brother and said, oh, I'm celebrating. <laughs> and you notice that all the pretending leads to murder. So if you have somebody around you who is pretending, it is a grave danger for your life and ministry. Yes. Some of you here have pretenders around you. They are always humble. <laughs> Good morning, Pastor. <laughs> One day, my wife brought a young man to work in the house. You know, as a house of. After some time, I told her, you know something? I want this, ma- this boy to go. She said, why? Because he's working well. I said, the reason that I have for him to go is maybe a bit strange. But the reason is that he's always smiling. And I'm very, not, I'm not used to it. How can it be that you are always happy? There is, there is nobody who is always smiling. Always happy. He, he was like, <laughs> I told her this boy must go. And he went. He went. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Number four. Jael was a pretender. I'm just reading the book to you. She deceived Sisera, the commander of the Canaanite army. She told him to not be afraid and she encouraged him to come in and rest. Jael murdered Sisera brutally by knocking a nail into his head. Few men would even be able to do something as gruesome as that. Yet this soft comforting, pretending lady was actually a killer. Read it. I'm just reading to you from chapter one. 
Like you think of even killing somebody, even let's say poisoning the person or giving the person valium to sleep or something. But to use a nail, I mean, let's be serious. Even a normal carpentry you cannot do. (laughs) Normal carpentry. I mean, how many ladies can nail like... How did she even have the idea? And she welcomed him and gave him milk to drink and comforted so relaxed. Oh, you are safe. This is home. This is your home. This is your home. And as she relaxed, as he relaxed, he said, Oh, thank God I've met this lady who really loves me and is really caring and understands my battles that I've just come from. He laid out, not doing that. It's a woman who can use a nail. Sheesh. You know, do you know when somebody dies, you know, when they do the postmortem, they use a saw, a, a drill to open the head. If you see, and they, they move like this, this part, like a cup, and they lift it off. And when you see them drilling, it should show you how thick the head is. And this woman is able to die. What type of person is this? And she was the same person, so comforting. That Sisera relaxed completely and sent all his guards silently. Look, I'm safe. This is a kind person. May God expose every pretender in your life and your ministry in the name of Jesus. Hey! (laughs) Isaiah 11, you know, verse 2 says, He shall give him the spirit of the Lord. Spirit of Wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of the knowledge, spirit of the fear of the Lord. Verse 2, verse 3. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Now notice, receive this anointing. He says, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears. So as a man of God, you don't only go by the sight of your eyes. Or the hearing of your ears. But other things must also lead you. But you must be led by the Spirit. Number five. Hushai. The Akite. Was a pretender. Hushai pretended to be on the side of Absalom. He pretended to give good advice, explaining every point with good reasons. But actually, Hushai was working for King David and had been planted in Absalom's palace to assist King David from the inside. So once again, the enemy plants someone on the inside so that everything King David planned Everything Absalom planned, then he goes to tell 
David. So when we meet and we talk or we share or we say something private, secret, important, dangerous, whatever, as soon as you finish texting, calling, he says this. And that's when your name changes from whatever to he. He said, he says, she says. Am I reading from the Bible or not? Yes. David said in First Samuel, Second Samuel 15, verse 32, he says, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been. Then he said, David said, if you come with me, you will be a burden. As I have been your father's servant in time past, so I will be your servant. Then he says, then you can thwart the counsel of Absalom for me. You see, he says, if you come with me, you'll be a burden. But if you return to say to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past. So I will now be your servant. Then you can thwart the counsel of Ahithophel. So it's like if you can go and join them, that's why the enemy is always looking for someone who can be close. Yes. Yes. So with spies, you know, the, the higher you can get a spy, the better. So recently I was reading in, about in Russia, you know, there was this spy who had been uncovered and it was like he had, he, they had gotten someone who was close to Putin as far as possible. They have gotten someone as high as possible. But it's not easy to be a spy in Russia. I, I, I mean, a foreign spy, because they have a lot of countermeasures for spies. If you are a spy, it's very dangerous. Yeah. But it's like as high as possible. So sometimes the enemy looks for soft targets. And so this person can be my agent. This one can be close. Yeah. To fight. So... David told him, listen, when you come with me now, we are a lot. You'll be a bit. You help me better by staying there. Say nice things and be, sound like you are loyal to Absalom. Tell him, as I served your father, I will serve you. And Absalom will believe when you speak the words. And, when, and exactly happened. Absalom really believed at, uh, Hushai. He really believed him. But that was his mistake. And God had decided to punish Absalom. That is why he used this thing and it worked. Are you there? His disloyalty was being being paid in equal terms. As he fought his father and was disloyal to his father. Those who are dangerous sons. He reaped a harvest of disloyalty of the highest order. Just as he was disloyal, see, Absalom, Absalom was, Absalom turned against his father. Absalom is the one who ran against his father. There are some of you here in Botswana, you fight against the fathers. Yes. And they, they, you, you have to respect all the older ones who have been here. At least they are still here. We don't know whether you'll be here. The Bible says you shall rise up before the gray-headed and honor them. So as 
He fought his own father, the one who appointed him, the one who honored him, the one who blessed him, the one who brought him and made him exist. You see, which is one of the reasons for loyalty is that the seed that you are sowing, can you reap it when it is coming? As you sow a seed of disloyalty, when the harvest comes, can you handle it? Huh? So now God gave Absalom the harvest. Just as you have betrayed your own father and organized the whole nation against him. God gave him to believe and receive a very equally disloyal person. And that person was now on the, was now on the other side. And through that person, that was the end of Absalom. Because that night, there was a big meeting. There was a meeting between Absalom, Ahitophel, and Hushai, and the others. They had a cabinet meeting. So what shall we do? Ahitophel said, look, move now. Let's take 20,000 troops and chase your father. Because this is his weak moment. And Hushai the Akite knew that David was in difficulty. And this was not the time to fight. He couldn't fight at that time. So who said, I can say, ah, it's a very bad idea. No, he was holding his phone. He was just about to text, to text, send a text to David what the decision is. And he said, look, your father is like a bear who has been robbed of his cups. This is his wildest time. If you try attacking him, you know him, you know David. When he was going to marry, he cut 100 penises as a bride price. It's not a small person. You know him. You know David. You know how he is. He's a, blood. He's a man of blood. Even to marry, he was killing people, cutting off their genitals. He's such a small person. He killed lion David. Uh, he killed bears, lions by his, with his hand. If you try David tonight, you are finished. When, when Absalom had his, his heart started to it's true. My father is very dangerous. So he said, wait. Tomorrow when everything is said, let, let go out and we'll get him. And he was just trying to give David some time to recoup. But David was running from his own son. But God made Absalom to believe the lie. So as soon as the meeting was over. As soon as what? The meeting was over. He took his phone and called. And said, go quickly. And cross. And organize yourself. They are going to come at this time tomorrow. But now you are okay. You can cross. Yes. Watch out for people who leave your presence only to make a call. Only to make a text. Yes. 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 Are you still around? Yeah. 
Some of you, you think you know what is in the books. These are the books. I, I, I'm reading my book to you. Those who pretend. Hey. The brothers, number six, the brothers of Dinah were pretenders. They pretended to accept Shechem's proposal to marry their sister. In actual fact, they were planning for a murder of the whole village. You remember the story of Dinah, the daughter of Leah? Yes, whom she had born to Jacob. He went out to visit and Shechem took her and had sex with her by force. He was deeply attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor saying, get me this young girl for a wife. And Shechem said, what do you you mean by what you've done to her, whatever? And they said, no, we 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 will agree. And the guy said, the condition is that you must be circumcised. Are you there? Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain, that two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, each took their sword and came upon the city unawares and killed every male. And they killed Hamor and his son Shechem with a sword and took Dinah from his house and went forth. So that was another pretender. And again, you notice all pretending seems to be leading to death. It's like it seems to be the highest type of danger. A person whose lying and deception has moved into acting. So, the brothers came and said, we will, we will allow our, our sister to marry. No problem. <laughs> Watch out for those who are always laughing. <laughs> we like it. We want it. Let's do the wedding. Now let's have a... Our our sister cannot be married to an uncircumcised man. So for circumcision, all males we say that we want to see that they are really circumcised. And the guys look and said, really? No problem. All the men should come. So all the men came and brought out their penises. And the, the foreskin, you see, the foreskin, one of the simple ways of circumcision is you pull the skin. You pull the skin over the head of the penis. Do you see? And then you can use a stone. <laughs> you can use a stone or a knife. Do you see? And then you cut it. Yeah. Now, when, when you have a wound, initially, sometimes it, it's even painful. But what we call inflammation in, in medicine, inflammation is pain, swelling, redness, the blood cells move into the picture, and so on. It increases before it decreases. Do you see? So by the third day, so the first day even may be a bit okay, and then the second day is better, but by the third day, Ah, now you see some of the penises were swollen. Some of the people couldn't walk out. Walk out. <laughs> they couldn't walk. <laughs> they couldn't walk. <laughs> Someone shouted, it's too painful. Someone said, my leg is paining me. My ear is paining me. So it took only two people. Simeon and Levi. 
Yes. It took only two people. They came in. When they came in with the sword, they said, they moved the sword. They look at the, what is it? <laughs> what is it? When they killed the other one, the other one, ah! They couldn't walk. Wicked guys. Yeah. But it was in the, first was like, we are going to marry her. May God expose every wicked person in your ministry to tell you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Pray for the spirit of revelation. Yeah, pray for the spirit of revelation. Yeah. Hey. And the last pretender was uh, the Gibeonites. Remember the story of the Gibeonites? They came to Joshua and then they said, they went to Joshua at the camp and said, Ah, we have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. And the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you are living within our land. How shall we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. Who are you and where do you come from? They said, Your servants have come from a far country. Hey! Now notice, it says, and when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they also acted craftily. Acted craftily. Amen. Joshua 9 from verse 3. And they took worn out sacks on their donkeys and wineskins, worn out and torn and mended and worn out and patched sandals on their feet and worn out clothes on themselves and all the bread of their provision was dry and had become crumbled and they went to Joshua and said we have come from a far country they acted out the deception so those of us who are used to telling lies lying is the first step in becoming a deception because the Judas is the highest level of, 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 of a certain kind of evil. But you need to progress from telling lies to acting the lies. Now listen. You know, the devil is the father of lies. So don't tell lies. I always advise people, you know, if you don't want to talk about something, just say, I can't speak. Or, I can't discuss this topic. Or, uh, it is not possible at this time for me to discuss this. Or, I don't feel like speaking. Or, I have no comments. Or, it's not, it, your, the question you're asking is not uh, appropriate. It's not working now. The question is not working. It can't be answered now. <laughs> Find something to say, but don't lie. Why? Because the devil is the father of lies. Even if you are going to church, you don't say, don't lie and say, I'm going to this, but you're actually going to church. Or, you know, one pastor was, he couldn't come. He wasn't, he wasn't well or something. And he was invited to a program in our church. And he sent a message to the uh, pastor that was hosting him that, oh, Charlie, tell the people that I've traveled to South Africa. You know, and so that's why I couldn't have to emergency go to South Africa. You know, well, you don't need to do that. If, if you are normal, just say, oh, he couldn't come. You don't have to say I've traveled to anywhere. 
You get what I'm saying? Lies are, you see, when, when you say he's a father of lies, okay, so let's take lie to be a human being, Mr. Lie. So if you say the father of lies, so if you see Mr. Lie, there, it means his father must be around somewhere. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Because look at Mr. Lie. Or Junior Lie. Or Lie. The father of lies must be around. And once you start to see lying coming from your mouth, then the devil is somewhere in your life. And you don't need the devil in your life. So learn to not tell lies. No matter what. The the others is to say, I can't speak. That's all. Now, when you admit, I remember, you know, I met a, a man of God, a great man of God, and he told a number of lies. Yes. Gave a number of promises and, to, and told things that were, I mean, things that were not, you know, and I, I, something said within me, there's something wrong. I didn't know, I don't know the person. I don't know anything about the person. But everything the person, promises the person made were not, those who take envelopes and don't give, it's all deception. So that people want to, people want to, you know, show that I'm giving. There's no need. That's why I often say, when I, when I give an envelope, I say, look, you can change your mind. Just bring the envelope back. So, people need to recognize the danger of life. And I noticed the promises. Every promise he said, everything he said to me has, was, is not, did not come to pass. Everything changed, changed, changed. I do this not, I do this not, I do this not, I do this not. Then the Lord showed me, the devil is somewhere. And as the years went by, I saw that the devil was really in the person's ministry. So, try to stay away from promises, saying things, lying. Because when it progresses, then it becomes part of you. And then you act lies. Like this Gibeonites. They acted the lie. They were good at it. They made the clothes, everything changed. That's, that's a higher level of deception. It's always like you wear a lie. You act a lie. That's how spies are. Spies are acting liars. One day a spy's wife told, the wife told the spy. He said, she said, she told me you have changed. I don't know anything about you. And it's true. Those, those guys who did the September 11 bombing, their, their wives they didn't know anything. Their wives, their girlfriends, they were living with them. They had no idea. They couldn't believe that my husband is one of these people. You will never know. They will never speak. They, are, they, they, they act the lie. They don't tell lie. They act it. Are you there or you are leaving? So, later on, you can see the symptoms and signs of a pretender. Number one, people who are too quiet. Any quiet person in your life, mark the person and never remove the mark. No matter what the person says or does, never remove the mark. Once you are too quiet, you are too quiet. Don't want to talk, don't want to speak, don't say much, you are marked. And Take it as a prophecy for me. Never remove the mark from that person. Yeah. Number two. People who have to... And by the way, I'm just reading page what? 
Chapter 1. It's still chapter 1. Number 2. People who have two temperaments, depending on who they are with. When they are with you, they are quiet. When they are with others, they talk a lot. When the person says, oh, I'm the quiet type. I don't, I don't say much. When the person meets somebody else, they can talk from morning till afternoon to evening. It means that when the person is with you, he's acting. Or she is acting. Yeah. Number three. One day I, one day I went for uh, lunch somewhere and I was sitting with some people. Hey, they can talk from morning to evening. But when, when I was with them, even the English word, let's say, perhaps, or English word, any English word, take any English word, let's say, also, or hello, they were just quiet. And I was watching them, I said, you people, when I'm, when I'm here, you act like deaf and dumbs. But when you are together, you are talking. So those people, they are pretending. Always. Number three, people who are too perfect. Everything about you, so your, your suit, your dress, your... And people who wear glasses, they look even more perfect. <laughs> Please, it's in my book. I wrote my book many years ago. It's not because of your glasses I'm saying it. It is even here. Number four, people who are too nice. Number five, people who have a lot of makeup. Yes. People, anybody who has a lot of makeup, a lot of things on the face, hair, please excuse me, it's not because of you that I'm saying, if you have a lot of makeup, a lot of whatever. But you see, that's not how you really are. Yes. Yes. That's not how you really are. When you get home, you remove your hair like the pack. And you wash your face and you turn into a leopard. And your breasts, which were here, have now come down here. And everything, and your smile is gone. Your smile is gone. Your chatting is gone. Your talking is gone. Everything about you changes. When you are in public, you may place your hand on your husband's thigh to, to look as though you are very loving. When you are in the house, he will not even get your little finger to touch him. You will never even sit by him. Yes. So watch out. Me, all the ladies with a lot of makeup, face, this, hair, this, I look at them and say, hello, how are you? Please, I'm reading my book to you. I, I'm not making up what I'm uh, writing. This is what I've written in the book. I'm just, oh, I shouldn't read it. I shouldn't read what I'm reading. I think I better change the topic because it's getting too much. 
Stand, stand to your feet. Let's pray a bit before we. <laughs> no, stand up. Let's pray. At least let's pray. Maybe we pray in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Wow. Now, I think we should pray. You know, and I want you to pray for the spirit of revelation. Lift your hand and pray for the spirit of revelation. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Katara suni mahandala bakata. Rini su mahandele bo shatabayazata. Open our eyes, Lord. Makeli mazata, randeli mozuni mahatala bazataya. Revelation, Lord. Revelation, Lord. Makata, take away the veils and the darkness. Help us to see. Help us to see, Lord. Madeli mazata kaya, rende zundolo bosota mama kata baba. It's an important prayer. As a pastor, lift your hands and pray that God will touch your eyes to see through faces, to see through walls, to see through attitudes. As a minister, revelation, Lord, the spirit of revelation. Mandala bazate kaboshanda. Renazini mosotoloboyandala baba. Ramazandala baba. Maka, we cannot minister in darkness. Lord, let your light shine. Revelation, the spirit of revelation. Samandolobosa, Kamaya, Lanama, Ranazina Lababa, Lamazanama. Lift your hands and pray. It can cost you your ministry, it can cost you your, your life. Pray that God will touch your eyes to see, to see. Revelation, Lord, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit of revelation. Kasandelebe, Makatazapa, Ramazandala Baba, Ranala Bazidala Bakatara Bashata, Ramamama, Zimama. Whatever you are doing in the ministry, you need the spirit of revelation to overcome pretense, to overcome deception, to overcome disloyalty. Pray, Manderebosha, Makata, Zana. Ramama Zamala Baba, the spirit of revelation, revelation, revelation. Jesus, Manderebe, Kebasha, Kadababa, Dababa. Pray, keep praying, keep praying. Your prayer is working. Your prayer is, is working. It is changing things in your ministry. Keep praying. God is opening your eyes. Blindness is going away. You are beginning to see clearly. It's by the spirit. It is by the Spirit. Mashatakaba, Ramazan Dalababa, Itekosomayanda, Lababa, young girl, old woman, boy, man, whoever you are in the ministry, you need to overcome. You need the Spirit of Revelation. Shatakabayanda, Ramazan Dalababa, Kemazon Derebe. Lama Zandala Baba, Linda Shoteka, Samahande, Rama Mazimalaba, Kababa, Lemazika, Lama Mama, Zinalama, 
Pray for revelation. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my eyes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The spirit of revelation. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus.